whether you drink soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk or chalky milk, we've got a seat at the table for you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Alex Dyson, don't you hate it when you uh, get dressed up in your finest for no reason? Well, I don't really have a finest, so... <laughs> The answer That's is true. no. But like literally today, well. I've realised I'm wearing my painting shirt. Look, I've got paint stains on this shirt. Um, I'm, Wait, that's this that's my workplace. finest. We, we have to take this. Come on. You can't be wearing your paint shirt I, to work unless you're a painter. I literally, I did wear nice clothes in for this job for the first week. Literally the nicest I have. <laughs> Because I've got new co-workers and I wore, like, my shoes matched the colour of my top for a week. Whoa. And then, and now it's now it's paint I, clothes. I got dressed up in my finest button-up, short sleeve button-up, um, put the jeans on, no hat, did the hair. Oh. Which is getting you very difficult to do. Oh, oh. I mean, your hair you, did. When you, see, the thing is, I think you're, you're using bald, the wrong wrong tense with that. Your hair is done. I think that's <laughs> what you're, you're saying. Your you're, hair is when done. When you're balding and you've got curly hair, see, people with straight hair, it's oh, the comb over. Yeah, just do that floppy fringe, and no one will notice, mate. When you've got curly hair, there's no there's no comb over. So it takes me, you know, <laughs> solid thirty mins just to make it sort of seem like I'm not that bald. Well, and then, can we just quickly ask what what you should do? What do curly people, balding curly head people do for a for a hairstyle? The cu- I don't know the curl over the the comb the curl, curl. I don't know why. What? Well, I'm just we need a solution for you. Oh, please let us know, Matt <laughs> and Alex. Tell me what I need to do. But I the, the whole point is I went to the went to the um to get a new license to renew my license and I was thinking okay this is going to this is pick is going to be with me for the next however many years got, got another decade on that I'd say yeah and then uh, and they just said no you don't need a license you just need an eye test <laughs> so I'm looking fresh for no reason bro goodness me well Can you no you're not looking fresh me? for no reason you're looking fresh to meet our brand new godchild because if you listened to yesterday's podcast you would have known that we talked to someone who was literally in labour? Yeah, they was, were t- I, ten. Their water broken. They were ten hours deep, and they were about to have a baby. We have an update. We're going to be crossing live to the parents because Matt O'Kine. I, I think that the info is here. The baby has been born. The official all-day breakfast baby. I cannot wait to meet the most important baby of 2020. Exactly right. Also, Will Anderson on the show. It's going to be a big one. It's all day breakfast with your boys, Matt and Alex. Hope you're having a good one. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Yes, extremely emotional times on the All Day Breakfast podcast. You may have been here to uh, to bear witness with us, Matt O'Kine, one of the biggest miracles of life, which is new life. Bur- giving birth uh, yeah. on a on a podcast. Uh, we spoke to it's truly, it's truly James the future. and his partner, Rebecca, yesterday, and they were in the middle of something pretty intense. We are, I think we're about 10 hours into our labor at the moment. Is she there? Uh, yeah, i grab it. Hold on a sec. Okay. Are we about to talk? Hang on. Are we talking to are someone we- who's in labor right now? Great. Hi. Are you having a baby right now, Rebecca? Yeah, I'm bouncing on a birthing ball. Oh my oh goodness! Oh my god, this is incredible stuff. So, and how's it going so far? She's just in a contraction, so she can't talk. 
Oh, sorry, this is Uncharted Waters for us here, Matt. We did break Uncharted Waters, uh, chatting to James and his wonderful partner, Rebecca. And James is back on the phone, live with us now. Hello, James. Hey, guys. Look, not oh, too bad. Not it's, the, it's the question James. on everybody's lips. What happened at the end of Monk yesterday? Because <laughs> that's what you were watching to pass the time before going to hospital. He, he, he solved the case. He yes. solved oh, the case. What a surprise. Right. No, James, fill us in. I mean, it's been, it's been 24 hours since we spoke to you last. What has happened since we hung up the phone yesterday? Well, yeah, we uh, basically, we were in that sort of limbo um, stage till about nine, I think. 10, 9, 10, and uh, then, you know, things started getting real, basically. <laughs> and then we, uh, we had, yeah, so, so you we had, had the bags up. packed, you went into the hospital? Yeah, yeah, we had it all ready to go. Uh, we only live about five minutes away from our hospital here, so we were uh, quick in. And then, basically, yeah, they couldn't even run a bath. Like, um, Beck just w- was uh, straight in and almost, yeah, within about an hour was pushing and, and uh, had a real quick. Amazing uh, yeah. stuff. James, um, for anyone who's uh, listening who's about to be a birthing partner, um, tell us, where did you park? What snacks did you pack? These are two <laughs> serious things. Uh, big old can of Monster. Uh, was a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> no, Sometimes this could be a 12-hour thing. The, the, so uh, you... the import one so you can seal it off again. That's the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and you get that little sticker. You, know, you see, this is the kind of important information that most birthing books leave out. Most people take along cans of mother, which you can't block off the lid of. But James exactly. is telling you the true way to have a baby. Um, that's yep. incredible, man. And so you, you were in there. What like I'm picturing you with an old style camcorder capturing all the action. What what happened in the room? I, I actually splashed out and bought a brand spanking new Oppo uh, the other day, Ooh. Oppo phone, which is, uh, yeah, that cost me a bit. So, Are you sponsored yeah, by Monster and Oppo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're going to get more free stuff than us, James. Yeah. What, what's your secret? Uh, <laughs> but to, we're three weeks in. We've barely dropped any brands at all. You're making us look bad here, mate. So, um, you know, the, the, uh, the photos are... Pristine. Uh, Actually, was there know. since the first time your partner gave birth, uh, your partner Rebecca gave birth, and this time, was there a noticeable difference with all the rules and re- restrictions around oh. being in the room and stuff? Uh, not too bad with me, but we can't have any visitors. Um, only, only like Autumn, which is her older sister, was able to come in. Um, so yeah, apart from that. Nothing, nothing too bad. I think they might have had stuff behind the scenes that mm. they had to do, but yeah, no, we can't, can't complain. I, we I we remember, got a really good hospital here. So I remember you disinfecting have... my hands so many times that I, I swear I got a anti-back hangover. I, I yeah. swear <laughs> I did. I was so nervous about being around uh, our baby, but but uh, yeah. But you just mentioned your other daughter Autumn, so that means the new child, the official all-day breakfast baby, is called. Uh, Harmony, Harmony oh, Ray. Oh, Harmony Ray. so beautiful. Yeah. Rolls off Yay. the tongue so nice. Well, that is beautiful stuff, James. We appreciate talking to you. Would you mind if you put on the phone the woman of the moment as well, your wonderful partner, Rebecca, so we can get her insight into the process as well? Yeah, yeah. Hold on one sec. I'll put her on. Hi. Rebecca, you Rebecca. did it. Congratulations. <laughs> How Thank are you, you feeling? 
I'm a lot better today. <laughs> Goodness yeah. me. Like, I, when we were chatting to you yesterday, I mean, we couldn't see anything, so we didn't know what was happening. But if I just heard your voice and I didn't know you were in labour, I probably wouldn't have guessed that you were in labour, but I would have guessed something was going on because you <laughs> seemed a, a little bit on edge. Uh, the, that yeah. being, of course, a baby was coming out of you at that particular moment. But yeah. tell us what happened from your perspective from when you hung up at Matt and Alex. First of all, what happened after you yelled at James for calling a podcast? Yeah, and I can't you believe you let, let Like, Did you get angry about that? I, I, I do feel bad for chatting to you in an intense moment. <laughs> That's okay. It was a surprise. I didn't actually know who he was talking to. <laughs> Um, He just sort of holds out the phone to me. So, wait, did you Um, think it was some sort of doctor or medical professional (laughs) or some really close family member who really needed to talk to you 10 hours deep into labour? I thought it must have been important. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well, Rebecca, thank you for being uh, an amazing sport about it. (laughs) That's okay. Um. She came pretty quickly after that. It was quite intense and painful, but um, we got through it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, Amazing we do, stuff. I'm sorry, I'm still getting over that. But you do, we do have a photo here of little Harmony, absolutely adorable. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about little Harmony's first 24 hours? What have you noticed? Have we got anything for the baby book yet? Yeah, so far she's been perfect. Like She mm. doesn't cry much. <laughs> Um, is that is that Harmony? Yeah. Oh. Funny oh. Little cry. <laughs> She's been our youngest guest on the pod. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, Rebecca. It's been really awesome to uh, to share the last twenty four hours with you guys. We're we're so so incredibly um, happy for you. All of Australia, everyone who listens is so excited. We've been getting messages all day. Want keen for an update. So we're glad that you're well. We're so stoked that Harmony Ray is well. We're glad that James. Is uh is well and, <laughs> and will. has his energy drinks. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. You, you got to set up your baby's future, no matter how how you know much you need to sell, matter kind. But we will promise to send you this audio, so you've got something to play at Harmony's twenty first as well. Um, awesome, uh, which will be good stuff. And uh, um, you're back with James. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh that's that's great. Um, let Rebecca need, both hands. need a rest. I'm sure she was up all night feeding. So just real quick, I just realize with that recap um alex yeah the way that you handled that live on air contraction just full of steel i reckon like oh. maybe if this if this radio thing doesn't work out midwifery a mid-husband think, yeah Whoa, <laughs> wow okay. okay i'd be up for that alex dyson you're getting the official well, endorsement of someone who's just seen the real thing. Remember, Matt, when we were doing a, a little tour of Australia's universities, we went to Albury, Wodonga, to Charles Sturt University, got taught how to cut an umbilical cord. I know how to do it. you got to plug yeah. both ends, cut in the middle. So I reckon next that time, would... baby number three, James, what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we did, did it via phone. Let's what about in the room, my friend? Let's step I, it up. I got the indoor cricket gloves, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give them a wash. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> stuff. Thank you so much, no guys. Worries. We really appreciate it. Cheers, James. Say another See thanks you. to Rebecca and Harmony Ray. All the best. Cheers. Thanks. See you, Well, there you have it. Alex Dyson, our very first 
All Day Breakfast podcast, baby. Oh, it's beautiful to see. We look forward to tracking the progress of Harmony Ray across the years. We'll write in the baby book, you know, her first um, her first time call, her first live read. Her first talkback topic, you know. Exactly right. We've when got... have you pooped? <laughs> you Should know, we... who knows what, what we could get from that gold mine of, <laughs> of uh, content. It's going to be like that movie Boyhood across the years. Oh, my God, I can't <laughs> wait. We're at the start of a beautiful journey. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Matt O'Kine, you're good at everything. Sure um, am. How are you at Uno? The best. We haven't no, played well, a game. No, no, I'm not the best. I'm I'm good. There's always a little bit of uh, contention around the way I play, though. I'm very, very uh, aggressive about the you need to call Uno when you're you've got the last card. Oh, uh, you're a, you're an Uno stickler. That. Oh, mate, I hate I hate it when people don't. Don't play by the rules mm. in board games. Well, you know, the question Monopoly, is, you know, in Monopoly, if you land whatever you land on your first r- round, you have to buy. Yeah, and if you don't buy it, it goes to auction immediately. Yeah, That's what I found yeah, out. Some people don't know that. Also, you know what else I do, which isn't on, in the rules, but I like doing it. <laughs> you just said Whenever you hated I, people who don't play by the rules. Yeah, well, this isn't a rule. This is this is this sort of still stands by the rules of world finance, in which I will. You, if you keep, let, if you get free parking, people give you money. <laughs> I keep, I keep the five hundred. I keep it. I keep one of my five hundreds just under my uh, under my pillow, uh, you know, under my leg, just as you know to save for a rainy day. That's that's called budgeting, mate. That's not called rules. It's just sure. good budgeting. Just a little rainy day account that yeah. whips it out there. Okay, well, we saw someone brought to our attention that the Uno Facebook page pretty liberal when it comes to chucking out. Either new rules or rules that exist that no one knows about, and I, you didn't know about this rule. I didn't know about this rule, and so when we thought it, we better let the people know. Otherwise, there could be a few, you know, isolated fights going on. Um, but on Uno, this is the official Facebook. They say skipping never felt so good. If someone plays a draw two on you and you're the next in line, but you have a skip card of the same color in your hand, you can play it and bounce the draw two penalty to the next player. The next player must draw two cards unless they have a skip card of any color, which they can then play, in which the case the penalty is then bounced to the next player or so on until someone draws two cards. See, I like that. I like that rule. I like that rule. I like being able to stack the special cards. Some people say you can't put a draw four on a draw two. I say do it. Well, is that in the rules? Because I don't know. <laughs> is that, that's the O'Kine house rules. I say do it. All right. Well, we need to be across this. Otherwise... Society is going to unbloody ravel more than it already has. And so we asked you, we put it out on our Instagram, uh, if you have any of your own house rules that you would like to make people aware of. Erica is in Melbourne. G'day to you, Erica. Hi, how are you going? Good, thank you. What's your rules you want us to uh, put in the official world rule book? So my rule relates to categories. And I'm very big on the points for trying. So (laughs) I don't care whether your answer's (laughs) right. I just like it being obscure. That is Uh-oh. a garbage rule, Erica. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> that is, I mean, turn it up. You know what? Oh, so you're giving out participation trophies here my, my, for categories. Pretty so much. Wait, is, is, is the right answer the same point worth as a trying answer? Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. We've been playing a lot of categories. It's a great Zoom 
isolation game, right? Now, okay, here's, here's I'm going to give you an example. All right, here we go. Reasons to go shopping was the, was the category, right? Okay. And uh, the letter was A. So my partner tries to go get past us with um, arson. Arson <laughs> is, is why you might go shopping because someone's burnt all your stuff. Turn it up! <laughs> or what if you needed to arson later on that day and you were out to buy your supplies for that? Oh, what? come on. It's point for trying. Point no. for trying. See, under under the regime of Erica, you would get a few points. What about this one? I was playing Scattergrees online with my girlfriend's extended family. One dude forgot that in Scattergrees that there's a specific letter that you need to write for every answer. <laughs> and so all of his answers were... The letter was S, things in a bedroom. He said chair. Is that points for trying, Erica? <laughs> That's not points for trying. You don't get points for being silly. Okay, well, okay, the point for trying rule. Controversial stuff, but we appreciate the feedback nonetheless. Uh, Casey is with us as well. Hello, Casey. Hello. Hey, uh, Casey, can you tell us the rule that was invented in your household? So when I went home for Christmas last year, my sister, when I, we were playing Scrabble, invented what she calls the being a bitch penalty. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So she, that wasn't in the, the rule book. That I wasn't in say. the. Definitely not in the rule book that I've checked out. So. <laughs> okay. And uh, did anyone get pulled yeah. up on that? Yes. So I'm the bitch, apparently. So <laughs> because I won by 59 points, the being a bitch. He was 60 points. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's so unlucky, Casey. That's yeah, extremely so, unlucky. Well, being the mature and responsible 31 year old that I am, I trust an absolute tantrum. I went ballistic, <laughs> and Mum had to tell us to pack it up and go to our room. <laughs> oh dear! But didn't you hit a? You know, I I heard that for anyone who was the victim of that rule, that they, they get two extra points for uh, oh, for bringing it up for calling were, someone you out. Were yeah, sorry, yeah, you would have won sorry. by one then. I'm very sorry. Yeah. All right. You well, know, being a bitch is tough work. It cost you sixty points. Indeed. All right. Well, okay. thank you very much for uh, chatting about it. Hopefully, next Christmas things improve in that household. We've also got Chloe from Canberra. Hey, Chloe. Hey, boys. How you going? Good. Thanks, Chloe. So we've been talking about Uno. Have you got a special Uno house rule? Oh yeah. So me and a couple, well, not a couple, a few friends. We invented the uh, ultimate loser rule in Uno. So mm. essentially, you keep playing until you know the winner gets out, and then you're down to the last two players, and they face off to be the ultimate loser. And you really don't want to be the ultimate loser. Wait, so this is sort of some sort of Uno Hunger Games in which the winner sits out and watches the losers fight yeah, over the yeah. scraps. Yeah, so yeah. You, you can play with a big group of people. You put a few decks in. And as each person loses all their cards, they sit out and watch until it's the final two fighting it out to the death, essentially. And, and then what, is, what happens when you are the ultimate loser? The ultimate loser has to eat a spoonful of barbecue grease. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. I think at first when you said that, I thought you meant barbecue sauce, but you meant barbecue oh, no, no, no. grease, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so you, you've, cook, you've cooked up a big lunch, you know, snags, bacon and eggs, oh. and then that grease that kind of sits at the corner of the barbecue, oh, no. once it solidifies, scoop up some of that and bon appetit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Not... 
And our, and 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 thus, the Black incredible talkback circle has finished. Both what's your new rule and what's your juice finally combined. I tell you what, have you been the ultimate loser before, Chloe? Oh, no, I'm too good at Uno. I have made it into the bottom two, and I tell you, my heart rate's never been higher. <laughs> Especially when you'd seen the old snag no. juice sitting there, a few chicken wings from days gone by, a few prawn tails bad. added to the cocktail. Spee second last, never tasted so sweet. Thank you so oh, much for that, Chloe. We'll catch you later. Bye. If you've got your home board game rule, please hit us up on the Matt and Alex Instagram. Yes, mate, we're very excited because we have a guest on the line. They're in their home studio right now, and we are chatting to them via the 5G network in the Byron hinterland. Hello, Will Anderson. Please do not say it's 5G. I will have people <laughs> at my door trying to tear down my house for causing coronavirus. Well, you sh- just... shouldn't have put up that antenna, mate. What yeah. were you thinking? It's funny. Like We, it, we can't get 5G here. We can't get 4G here. Um, we're up in the hills, and uh, we can you get typhoid vaccinations? Uh, I, I don't believe you can. So, and uh, it turns out that some people wear masks at the supermarket, and some still don't wear shoes. So, <laughs> <it's a real laughs> <mixture. laughs> oh. it's a real, it's a real melting pot. That's what it is up here. So, you know, the good news is they're not vaccinated against anything. So, mm. yeah, not having a vaccination against this probably doesn't worry them quite as much. Yeah, fair enough. Everybody else. <laughs> Speaking of this, Will, I've got a bone to pick with you because I uh, about okay. six years ago I called you up and mm-hmm. and you know you've given me a lot of advice over the years and um and I asked you you know how should I get into radio what's it going to be like and you said look if you're doing radio every single day you got to go out every you know every second night you got to go to gigs you got to go to these events you got to have things to talk about otherwise you'll have nothing to talk about in the morning. Six years later, there is. What the hell am I supposed to do every night? I mean, look, that's why I said you had to do it then. I, I could see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get out and get some experiences, you can bank for the uh, global pandemic where everyone's going to have to stay at home in 2020. I remember specifically saying that to you, Matt. You, he's it's telling me that you remember this phone call he, and all the career <laughs> advice I gave you, but you don't remember the prophecy that I gave you about the year 2020 when he, plague would rain down on the world. He told I'm you sorry. to store the anecdote acorns in the tree. <laughs> you are the squirrel trying to hoard them up uh, for lean time. <laughs> which is what we find yourself in. Will, how have you, how have you been coping during these uh, these dark days? Well, I'm like I said, like I mean, I gave Matt this advice. I'm I've been a you know a small talk prepper for the last fifteen years. <laughs> I'm just putting away in um, notebooks just little anecdotes, um, you know, conversation starters. You know, as a stand up, you know, not every idea makes it to stage, but it doesn't mean it can't make it to the you know dinner table. <laughs> There's some stuff that is, that, you know, enough. I'm not going to tell to a you know a thousand paying strangers, but as you know, a way to fill the time between the salad and the spaghetti. I think you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, so, and I guess it's going to come in handy as well because you're on the uh, the Stan Lockdown Comedy Festival. You're going to be hosting next week's episode. I was watching the one with uh, your friend and mine, Dave Hughes, as well today. It, it seems like it. it it's a really well put together series. Did you uh, bust out a few of the the small talking points uh, when you were putting yours together? Okay, so well, here's the first thing. I know I'll be 
really honest with you guys. And I'm sure Stan will be fine with this because I'm like, this was amazing by Stan. But yeah, major comedy festivals cancelled, all these comedians suddenly with no money. And Stan really were like, well, we want to put together a show so that we can support some of these artists and we want some of the bigger artists so that people, you know, will tune into it. But we also really want to support, you know, some mid-sized artists and some emerging artists as well and make sure that they have some exposure during this time, they get some money in during this time. So mm. it, it's all just a, a like a really brilliant thing they're doing. But this is honestly my greatest nightmare. Like, <laughs> to, to, like, if I had any other options to pay my bills, I would not be doing this show. Like, this is a sign of how desperate the times have become because I can't, like, I've heard the first two episodes are great. You are never going to get me to watch them because there is no, they sent me my set. So, okay, so stand up without an audience is like surfing without an ocean, right? <laughs> like, essentially, you are just a knob at the beach on a piece of wood chucking ollies. That is... <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave Hughes had his kids he was performing to. Yeah, that was an Nazim, audience. Nazim was doing it over the hedge to his neighbours. I mean, I think you guys have done pretty incredible considering the circumstances. Well, that's fine for them because Hughesy planned ahead and got some kids and uh, had neighbours. That's why he I, had the kids, right. Yeah. Okay, he's he's looking to the future as well, right, I guess 2020. The, the cast of The Glass House knew about this impending doom, <laughs> didn't we? But you both adapted in different ways. Well, well Corinne Grant's in a bunker right now. So, <laughs> Um, Husey, the toughest thing about Husey doing the special where you had to film it at your house was choosing which house. So <laughs> I, I... <laughs> it did. It, it would make it a lot easier to film at home when you've got the, the ceiling to floor glass windows looking out on the pool, isn't it? Well, Husey was fine to film this at home. The cameras were still there from the block. So... I noticed. I noticed that he ducked into the bathroom one time and the bathroom's got a door straight into the, you know, master bedroom as well. It was all pretty, it was all looking pretty sweet. What about you though? You've got, you've just, you know, you've, you've got a nice new house, Will. Yeah, no, no, I've got a nice new house. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely do. It's up in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the bush. So but while Husey very... was on the Australian uh, classic reality series, The Block, uh, I saw in a real estate article yours was on the Australian classic Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, nah, the original well, you know, Australian we... reality series. <laughs> yeah, well, i got to be honest with you. It, it, like, it's, it's quite a common thing for people in show business to buy houses from each other. And, you know, I met Skippy at a party. <laughs> and um, he's a great guy. Great guy. I can handle a credit card with those tiny Skippy arms, which is amazing. But, man, you think he, you think he does fast when he's not on the gear. But he had a big night, that Logies. And uh, Tom Gleeson promised him in the toilets that he could get him a gold Logie. But, anyway, it didn't happen. <laughs> Amazing stuff. So, I mean, but in terms of, you know, you, you've, you've been doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival for what, 25 years straight up until this year? Well, yeah. So this would have been my 25th year in a row this year. So, yeah. I mean, so, it's an incredible run. Honestly, it's truly inspiring to, to see how committed you are to live comedy, to performing right around the world. As far as gigs go, though, you know, performing to nobody, is this one of the mo more difficult gigs that you've done? Oh, absolutely, Matt. So firstly, here's what happened. They had to send you all the equipment because, you know, they obviously you weren't allowed to get somebody out to film it. So they had to send you all the equipment. You had to set the equipment up yourself to 
And like, this is the thing about stand-ups in particular. I can't even fix a microphone stand if something goes wrong on stage. And I've been standing in front of one for 20 years, you know. But the idea that I can, you know, like set up cameras and get all this sound right. Anyway, so you've got to do all this in the first place. So I decided, like a lot of people have done these brilliantly creative, like Zoe Kuzma, Genius, and like Sam Campbell and Aaron Chen and these people went away and made these like, you know, comedy set pieces. Using, they're almost like know, short films. Mm. Yeah, and they're genius. They're absolutely brilliant. But that's not what I do. And, like, so I really just wanted to do some stand-up and, like, really just lean into the idea that this was me doing something that would have been in my show, but now you're just seeing me do it in my home. And so I thought, well, I'll, I've got a piece about, you know, climate change and it's an issue that we need to be talking about at the moment, but, of course, we're not really talking about it at the moment. So I thought, well, that makes sense. I'll do that piece. And it's in, you know, it's a six-minute, turns out it's eight minutes, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a six-minute piece um, that, you know, I could just do in one take and then I could, uh, you know, that would be my piece for the show. So we, under the house, um, I got some uh, fake brick wall from Spotlight on pieces <laughs> of paper and I've got a microphone stand and my stool and we kind of set up a pretend comedy club under the house and I went down and set up all the cameras and so I've done... I've done like a pretty good take of it first go, but like it's eight minutes in a row and you realise when you're doing it without an audience that like... Like you use the time when they're laughing to think about what you're going to say next. And suddenly when that's not there, you know, and I'm not a person who says things the same way every time. I always have a bit of a gist of what it is I'm trying to say and then the words just come out as they come out. So it really needs to just work as one whole piece. So I do this first thing. It goes for eight minutes and then uh, I've just filmed my ear. Like I've set up the camera <laughs> in the wrong place oh, and I've been no. filming my ear for eight minutes and then so suddenly I've had to do another take and now I've lost my confidence a bit so I f***ed up halfway through Oh, sorry. Uh, can I say that? It's a podcast. Anyway, yeah, we'll bleep it. Yeah. We'll bleep it. That'll be fine, mate. Sorry. It's not the Triple J days anymore. We can uh, bleep sorry. it all over you the can, shop. You can bleep it. Uh, so, so I mess it up and... <laughs> And then, and then I'm like, it's 11 o'clock in the morning as I'm meant to be filming this. And then I'm like, I'm going to have to have a beer. Like, I'm not feeling like I'm doing stand-up. It's not comedy <laughs> club enough yeah. without the beer as well. So, so now it's 11 in the morning and I'm drinking beer. And I, like, and I can't drink it out of a uh, yeah, beer bottle because, you know, I let her have that in the show. So it's out of a mug, you know, because I'm drinking <laughs> on stage this beer. And then I can't get it right. So I have to do it like five or six times before I finally get a take that I can use for it. And the weird thing is, the whole time, like, I'm very aware of the fact suddenly that I'm in a pretend comedy club <laughs> under my house with no one there, just doing my set over and over again. And I just feel like one of those guys who loses their job but doesn't tell his family and just gets dressed in a suit every day and just goes and sits on a park bench. Like, that's me. A lonely man in a suit in a park eating a sandwich. Well, that's a scoop for you if you're watching uh, Will Anderson on the uh, Lockdown Comedy Festival on Stan. The, what are you sipping from the mug? Not so much coffee. A little bit more of a, a brekkie beer. Did you have to, uh, Will, get yourself in the mindset? I mean, obviously, no audience for you this time around because of governmental regulations, did you have to take yourself back, you know, 25 years to your very first Melbourne Comedy Festival when perhaps the uh, the lack of 
of adoring fans was not so much a regulation, but uh, you were just starting out. Were there any gigs in the early days where you didn't have too many people that you remember? Well, there was some with not too many, but there was never some with none. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's a big drop-off. Like, it might feel like you're like, oh, yeah, well, like two is less than three, so I suppose that's worse. But i tell you what, there's a real big drop-off between one person and zero people <laughs> when it comes to, like, so... Like there were nights in my first couple of years where we sold no tickets, so you didn't do the show. But mm. there was nights, yeah, absolutely, where there was three or four people in. But I, you know what? I always thought three or four—that's that's kind of enough. That's in, enough. in some ways, two or three is better than you know a quiet thirty, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> yeah. you can—they do feel like they're getting something special, and if you can lean into that moment, you can make it something memorable. Oh, amazing stuff. Well, well, we're so stoked to uh, see you back on a uh, stage of, you know, home prepped <laughs> quality uh, in, for the Stan Original Australian Lockdown Comedy Festival. Your episode will be coming out very, very shortly, but there's two up already right now on Stan. So if you're, uh, if you're missing your comedy, your live gigs, check it out. Well, Anderson, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Thank you, guys. And this is one of the rare times where I can honestly say I'll be wrapped if people watch it and enjoy it, but I'll equally be happy if no one ever sees it. <laughs> Mate, I reckon they're going to be tuning in, and I'm sure it is a fun for the whole family. So thank you very much for uh, having a chat to us, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers, boys. I smell toast. All day breakfast. Uh, that brings no, us to our next. Not, can you not? Can you not record? <laughs> that brings us to our next topic here at All Day no. Breakfast. You know, Matt and I, we're professionals. Uh, we like to think that we're top of the game. We want to make this podcast people's go-to breakfast show, which means they can put it whenever they're going to work, whenever they're relaxing at home on the weekend. And so we come up with a range of topics, and it's been oh, today has been amazing. We got to talk to people who just gave birth. Had a baby. Those rules are amazing. Barbecue grease. Will Anderson. What a legend to talking to us. And now the final one. <laughs> Earlier on, Matt O'Kide finds a website where you could buy a bit of the moon. <laughs> We're like, great. We come to this, this point at the show. Then Matt could buy a moon. We get off what? the phone with Will Anderson. He then goes, nah, I looked into it. It's not legit. <laughs> What did you I think, thought, mate? <laughs> what did you that, think would happen? What do you think they'd actually give you a title to part of the moon? <laughs> the official moon real estate agent signs well, the section 32. I've <laughs> taken an interesting stance in this as well because while I kind of am not convinced they land on the moon, oh. I do want to buy some of it. <laughs> So I, I feel like this is karma getting back at me for making yes. you know, accusations that, that it might not have happened. So look, this is what happens. So if you only buy the moon if you could use one of the craters as a skate ramp. What's your thing? What's, well, what is it? Do you know what? The moon is big, man. Okay, so I was kind of assuming that there would be quite a little bit. Now, I wanted to just investigate <laughs> where to buy. quite cheap. Well, exactly. And no, they're not doing anything with it. If it's if it was that great, then there would be there'd be people up there right now doing stuff. It's obviously not that good, but I just wanted a little bit of it. Well, and if you want a bit of the moon, you can bloody well take it how everyone else does, and that's put a flag on it, mate. All right? 
None of this. Oh, I'm going to browse moonrealestate.com. <laughs> well, there's a website called moonestates.com and I thought, oh, I thought, mm, could it really be this easy? And then and then I Googled, yeah, I Googled and, and no, nah, it's not. But because, well, there's a treaty. See, what happened is all, this, all the countries, and, and, you know, I have to admit, more than 100 have signed this, this document that states that you can't just buy pieces of the moon. It happened in 1967. So wait, not all of them. Not every country. There no, are some but, countries but that say that moon real estate is up for grabs. Well, the thing is, you can't buy something that hasn't been claimed by a sovereign, you right. know, by 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 a nation. Mm. So, didn't um, America claim it? No, no. They they everyone agreed after they came back that it wasn't going to be owned. It was it's for the good of mankind. Well, just recently they've announced Space Force. You know, the official uniforms and logos have come out for the uh, for Space Force. Yeah. So maybe. I know. Maybe. Well, that's why I was trying to beat the market, mate. I'm thinking <laughs> if I can't buy a bloody house in, you know, the inner west of Sydney, I might as well try the moon. <laughs> you know? Well, and as sure I say, stamp duty's not applicable up there. Well, but they say, you know, the, the, the old saying goes, the best time to buy real estate on the moon is now. You know? <laughs> it's really now. Well, and also, you've got to buy the worst crater on the best dust bowl. All right. <laughs> That's that's where you make your money, hey, my friend. And you want good, you got you want ocean views as well. <laughs> I mean, every view is an ocean view from the moon. <laughs> to be fair, so you know, I thought maybe it could happen, but uh, yes, there's no affiliation or sovereignty uh, of its own. Space is by definition lawless. <laughs> so, I mean, even retaining your little block would be quite difficult. Well, we're the first podcast to have a, a live birth. Maybe we can be the first podcast to go to the moon, my friend. Because it just recently said Tom Cruise is going to film on the International Space Station for the next Mission Impossible or something. He's going to be up there filming. Just get a lift with him and just say, oh, you've got enough money to buy some moon. Mate, I, I, I could audition as well, you know, because I yes. technically I'd be working as a local. <laughs> I'd probably be the only person on the film. This, this, could, this could work, man. All right, so we hate to inform you at the end of this podcast. Matt, at this stage, uh, despite what he said in our earlier meeting, <laughs> is not going to be buying any real estate on the moon. So it's a real deflating end to this episode of All Day Breakfast, Matt. <laughs> Are you happy with yourself? I wonder if I can rent it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like a 99-year lease. Guys, get in touch with us if you've heard anything on the show that you want to uh, chat about. Matt.and.alex at Instagram. Get on our Discord server. That's going off as well. Keep an eye out for your boy Disco and Tepid Heat lurking amongst the, the packs there. One small step for man. One giant leap for Matt and Alex. Catch you next time. Bye.